0: Double details. Um, this is gonna be episode nine. Wow. This is going to be. This is episode nine. Yeah. It's I mean, honestly, it's our it's, biggest episode. Yeah. Let's be real. <laughs>
1: <laughs> we saved the best for this episode. This episode.
0: Oh my gosh. We did it. We talked to yeah. the guy. We talked to Larry, to Larry Hall, Hall himself.
1: Well, not the real He's Larry. He's not
0: Larry Hall. not the real real one we're not gonna talk to him Um, uh sorry guys (laughs) that's off the table (laughs) no way we talked to paul walter hauser oh my gosh oh my gosh we've been sitting
1: on this guys for about a month uh, literally a month actually
0: yeah a month to the day is when we uh, found out we were uh we were going to get to talk to him. So yeah, this is so, so exciting. Uh, we've been holding it for a long time. We're really excited for you to hear our talk
1: with him. We just got off the call with him. He was super was so, fun. Oh, super so nice. fun to talk to. So laid back, so chill, so funny, but so knowledgeable about acting and yeah, um, what goes into it and the thought behind some things. Um, it was just so interesting to hear him speak. Yeah,
0: for sure. And he's he was really sweet and really fun to talk to. So here is our awesome interview with Paul Walter Hauser. Walter. Paul oh, Walter Hauser. It's real. Oh. We really talked to him. It's crazy. Here it is.
2: Thanks for having me. Thanks for watching the show and, and making a uh, a big stink about it. <laughs> yeah,
0: totally. <laughs> it's been, been so fun. fun.
2: So you have... Who all have you spoken to so far?
0: Oh my gosh. We've spoken to a lot of people. It's been unbelievable. We talked to Joe Williamson, who played C.O. Carter. Mm-hmm. He was so fun. Yeah. We talked to Natalie Kingston. Natalie. She's cool. She was great. And yeah. we talked to... Else we talk- oh, uh, We talked to your your twin, uh, yes, Jake McLaughlin. <laughs> uh, yeah,
2: <laughs> yeah. Um, I um, I really liked working with all those people. I, I um, I I can't believe how different Joe Williamson is from his character.
1: Right? Yes, yes so different. He's, yeah. My wife and I can't
2: get over that.
0: Yeah, he's super nice, and hit yeah, he was really good in that character. And even
1: physically, he looks completely different now.
2: Yeah, I think he put on some weight for the role, mm-hmm. and it uh, was a little more unkept. And mm-hmm. then uh, when I saw him, he had thinned down. His hair was done. He was wearing a suit, and he looked all thin. <laughs> I was like, "Dude, well done, good job." man.
0: <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Yeah, at the premiere, he looked he yeah looked really good.
2: Yeah. So what what got what got you before you start asking me questions? What <laughs> sure. what got you two so excited about the show? Because I noticed. Yeah. The podcast seemed to happen pretty quickly.
0: Yeah, we we so Kristen and I have been friends for a few years and mm-hmm. we just bonded over our uh, uh, infatuation with Taryn Edgerton. <laughs> really, that's that's how it started. Yeah. And that's how uh, I get it. Yeah, right. <laughs> so yeah. It, it, it just went from there. And then so when he was announced for this project, we just mm-hmm. started following along with the making of it and just like any sort of behind the scenes tidbits we could get, we were, you know, eating it up. And then when, um, Around when the trailer came out, mm-hmm. I just kind of had this idea like, what if we made like a podcast and just kind of talked about this show every week? Because I knew I was going to want to talk about it right? just because I was already bugging my friends and family about the show <laughs> that was about to come out. So I'm like, I know I'm going to need an outlet for this. Yeah. Yeah. So roped Kristen into it with yep. me and uh, just kind it's of went fun. from there.
1: Because it's been fun to watch each, ep- each episode and then... Talk about it because you get so excited about it. And it's been nice to have this outlet now.
2: It's fun to to dissect each episode of television just in general with Mm -hmm. a buddy like that. That's really cool. Yeah,
0: Yeah. absolutely. It's been really nice. And yeah, just having um, a different way to look at the show too, Mm -hmm. like knowing that we're going to be talking about it and sharing it with other people has been a a very unique way to watch a show.
1: Yeah. It's been really cool. it's helped it's helped me, I think, because I don't like typically that kind of show where the thriller, mind thriller stuff kind of messes with my mind sometimes. And so it's been nice to look through it through a different lens where I can kind of kind of remove myself from it and look at it differently. And I'm not so deep into it.
2: Yeah, it's I mean it's uh it's 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 people underestimate what the media they intake does to them you know Mm -hmm. i think i think a show if it's too dark sometimes it can be troubling or stay with you longer than you want it to music is like that i Mm -hmm. i think like a good example of that is the mass amount of information we get from twitter and all these sources it's like everybody Mm -hmm. finds out about every headline at the same time,
3: yeah,
2: and has to kind of feel like they have to keep up, and that's probably mm-hmm. not good on people's brains. You know, it right. used to be that we had more time to process things.
1: Exactly, we had
2: more time to dissect things before we gave our opinion, and now we're kind of all having mm-hmm. to play catch up with everyone around us. Or I guess it's a choice, but, right. but yeah, I think there are things that can negatively impact people. So yeah, if you're not too much into the true crime
3: mm-hmm.
2: thriller genre, this could be a hard watch, but uh, but I do think we did a good job of making it dramatic and not too gory and, and icky. And yeah. A lot of the worst things that are in the show are just said verbally by my character. Mm-hmm.
1: Yes. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I think it definitely helped the deep darkness of it. It was still extremely dark just listening yeah. to it, but not being able to visualize it on the screen. I think it helped me at least. Yeah. Um,
0: yeah. So uh we do have about a thousand questions for you <laughs> <laughs> regarding the show. Uh-huh. Um yeah. So I mean, yeah, we're obsessed. It's so good. Yeah. I mean, I think it turned out even better than I thought it was oh, going yeah. to be. Um, and everyone's it's down. getting like all these great reviews, everyone's loving it. It's in the high 90% on Rotten Tomatoes. Is that yeah. I mean, how are you feeling about that? That's pretty great. <laughs>
2: Yeah, I mean, I've I've done a few things that were really critically received, and that's always exciting. And I think the amount of work we all put into the show, everybody from Natalie Kingston to the supporting actors and the leads and the directors and the, the people making our food, I mean, everybody really, really stepped up their game, and and it's cool to see people Receive that and uh, and enjoy it so much. I think what's what's a little tricky though is that there's so much good television,
3: right? And it's like, mm-hmm. how do you stand
2: out in a world full of great TV shows?
1: Mm-hmm.
2: And uh, hopefully, it's hopefully it's finding an audience. I think it is.
1: I, I mean, so. Stephen King lo- loved it.
2: <laughs> Listen, that's so. a good sign. off <laughs> You know what, yeah. Stephen King, his his TV movie, It with tim curry back in the day mm-hmm. i caught a glimpse of it when i was like six or seven years old <laughs> and it like scared me for years like a year and a half i was terrified yeah mm-hmm. well, Stephen king's it and i had trouble sleeping at night and so to think that you know 25 30 years later uh, i get to scare him that's really <laughs> yeah
1: <nice>. yeah <laughs> right. It's like a first full circle moment <laughs>
2: strangely full circle. Yeah.
0: <laughs> yeah. So I know we talked, we talked about Jill Williamson's physical transformation, but you definitely went through a big physical transformation for your role too. And um I mean, with your facial hair and everything. So how was that? Yeah. And, and kind of what was the process leading up to getting into that role?
2: Yes. Yeah, so when I, when I booked Blackbird I think I was hovering near like 290 pounds when I shot this movie, Queen pins with Vince Vaughn and Kristen Bell. Mm -hmm. So I I dropped, I knew I had to lose some weight to play Larry. So I dropped like 40 pounds. They gave me these amazing hair and makeup stylists and artists who added the mutton chop sideburns, added the greasy wig um, that I put on top of my head Mm -hmm. and, uh, did all these little makeup effects to make sure that my skin looked kind of unnourished. And you know, what, what, what the, uh, what the condition of skin must be like in prison where they probably just throw you a bar of soap or something. Mm -hmm. Mm
3: -hmm.
2: So that helped out a lot. I think my weight loss combined with the hair and makeup teams really allowed for me to feel like I was the real guy when I looked at photos.
1: Yeah. I mean, I mean it, it was pretty camera. close. Yeah. Yeah. At the very, uh, the finale, they showed your picture against the real Larry. And it was, it's kind of scary how close it was. It is. Yeah. Yeah, that was. Great that job. That <laughs> cool that
2: they did that. They did that at the end of I, Tanya too. I did this movie mm-hmm. with Margot Robbie where at the end, they show everybody next yeah. to each yeah. other. And I, and I thought that was so smart on the part of, uh, Tatiana Regal, our editor, and mm-hmm. Craig Gillespie, the director. And I when I watched the show and I saw them put the photos up at the end, I was really, really kind of grateful that
3: mm-hmm.
2: that they allowed for that moment for the audience to kind of see how much work got put into us looking like the guys. And Taryn too. Taryn, mm-hmm. oh, yeah. Taryn put on a ton of muscle. He had to maintain all that muscle. He did the American Midwestern type of accent. Mm
0: -hmm. Yeah.
1: Um you would have never known. Yeah. Yeah. That That was another another
0: person that we got to uh hear from was um Taryn's dialect coach who helped him with that accent. It was really interesting to see um Mm -hmm. to hear about how how that came about and how they worked on that.
2: Yeah, they did a they did a really fine job. And I, I you know, I, I think it's easy to give me a lot of credit because I play such a weirdo and a monster type guy. But what Taryn did was was incredibly difficult, too.
1: And, but your chemistry together was like the scenes of the two of you together uh, it gave me chills because it was so realistic. Like, I forgot I was watching a show because you were just the, I mean, the way Natalie shot it and the way you guys acted it, I, it was just mind-blowingly amazing. Like, I can't say it enough. Like, it was so good. I just can't get over how good it was and how good the both of you were, so.
2: Thank you. I think a lot of, I don't know the, I don't know the psychological uh, sort of foundation or through line with which two actors can have great chemistry, but I know that for me, it has to do with us developing a friendship and a sense of trust and admiration before we start shooting. Mm-hmm. So I did that with Sebastian Stan on I, Tanya, Sam Rockwell with Richard Jewell and now, yeah. you know, Taryn with this. And, and I think it's really important, you know, if you mm-hmm. just show up and it feels like a job, you know, you're not going to have as much of that intimacy. I don't think, unless both people are just such You know, outstandingly amazing actors that they can fake a relationship, but I do think getting to know each other as humans is going to inform the work you do um, as it pertains to a friendship or relationship.
1: Yeah, I agree. You can definitely see it in the yeah and we i mean
0: it's been fun watching you guys like on instagram and stuff Mm -hmm. just watching like fun pictures and videos of uh of your time like you know behind the scenes or Mm -hmm. or leading up to the making of the show it's it's uh
2: yeah that was fun fun. it was very no it's like anything it's fun making a new friend actors and crew people are very lucky that we have the kind of occupation where you're constantly being gifted all these new people you get to meet so it's uh, it's like staying at a summer camp, and the the bunks <laughs> keep changing and bringing in new campers, and you're <laughs> making friends with all these new, you know, people. It's really really fun. Yeah.
0: yeah. Is it hard to like maintain friendships like that though? Like, are there certain friendships that you still are very consistently like talking with people that you've worked with before?
2: Yeah, like me, I I keep in touch with uh. I keep in touch with a bunch of my former co-stars like Vince Vaughn and Harrison Gilbertson and Matt Loria and uh, Sebastian and, and Sam Rockwell. Like I, I will text and send each other funny YouTube videos or just checking in or, you know, if I see one of them in a performance where I really like it, I'm always very vocal. I think some actors are uncomfortable with that stuff. A lot of actors say they don't watch their own work, but, if I see something and like it, I always want to encourage people and let them know that I enjoyed it.
0: Yeah, that's awesome. That's awesome. Yeah, good. Yeah, I mean, I love I Tanya is such a good movie. <laughs> <I'm> so good <laughs> I love that movie. Yeah,
2: cool movie, <laughs> really good, like dark comedy, and you, mm-hmm. you care for all these wacky people. You know.
0: Yeah, yeah,
1: it was so and, good.
0: Yeah, and like you said, like the the videos that they showed at the end of that movie, mm-hmm. where like you see just how close like the actual interviews with these people mm-hmm. like especially her mom oh. was like there's literally yeah. a bird on her shoulder <laughs> for this interview it's crazy no.
2: i know so many people thought we were exaggerating these characters but that was yeah, certainly yeah. not the case with that one
1: yeah yeah yeah, why yeah I it was, I re- i'm old enough to remember when that actually happened in real life so to see it portrayed it was kind of surreal and it was very realistic yeah. So yeah. I was very into ice skating when I was younger.
2: <laughs> yeah. I remember that too. Um, <laughs> yeah. I've gotten to play all these 1990s stories. These like true, <laughs> like Richard, Julie, Tanya and Blackbird mm-hmm. are all 1990s stories. Um, yeah. When yeah. the 24 hour news cycle mm-hmm. sort of got invented either by accident or on purpose. Yeah. Uh, mm-hmm. It's funny to do that. I wonder who the next person's going to be.
1: Yeah. Is there somebody that you would like to play that's from that era? Um, (laughs) or not from that era. Yeah. Or any era.
2: (laughs) Yeah. There's a wrestler that I'm fascinated with named, uh, Mick Foley. And he was this guy who did a bunch of insane stunts and, you know, almost killed himself trying to entertain audiences. And, uh, That'd be fun to play. I, I really like I'm fascinated by Teddy Roosevelt. Oh, yeah. He was kind of, yeah. a, he had like aggress- aggressive, aggressive, <laughs> aggressive PTSD, possibly, you know, borderline personality. I don't know what he had, but he, the more I read about him and the more I study him and research, the more I realized this was a deeply disturbed man who had, these really brilliant ideals and uh, dreams for the American people, and and some of them were great, and then others were just total, complete disasters. Yeah. And you know, it's, <laughs> it's it's interesting to see someone equal parts excelling and then also just falling on their face. And I, I yeah, I th- what's funny is I think that still happens in politics.
0: Oh, for sure. <laughs> yeah because of
2: the tr- because of the tribalistic nature of all the parties. Mm-hmm. it's like they won't admit defeat even when it's obviously real or true.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: Yeah. Uh, whereas, you know, back then I think you, you couldn't hide it as well.
1: Yeah. That'd be an interesting one to see. I
0: know cool. that people have also been uh, uh, floating your name out to play Alex Jones in like the recreation <laughs> of all that drama that just went on.
2: <laughs> I would do it in a heartbeat if it was a good director and yeah, maybe a good dance partner. I, uh, <laughs> I, I, I just think that guy is insane and Mm -hmm. yeah, his voice is a lot of fun to do. I do it for my (laughs) friends sometimes.
1: See, you're already ready.
2: Yeah. (laughs) Already ready, man. Already ready, (laughs) rearing to go.
1: Speaking of voice, um, Larry's voice is so specific. Did you, and there's not a whole lot out there that really shows his voice. How did you get into that space and was it hard to stay into the whole time?
2: it was super hard to keep doing because it was so annoying and uh <laughs> and it does put a strain on your voice. I lost mm-hmm. my voice probably twice while shooting the show.
3: Oh wow, wow.
2: And uh you know, I I'll be really honest. I I don't think I've said this in the press yet, but I I found some audio of Larry some like 10 to 20 second composite audio on, on YouTube and stuff. And I I remember it being pretty high pitched and then me thinking, Oh, I got to bring it down some. And what was interesting is when you watch me in episode one and two, the voice is much lower and probably Mm -hmm. closer to the real Larry. Mm
3: -hmm.
2: Then it kind of starts peaking and getting higher in the third and fourth episode and i told the creator dennis lahane i was like dude i think the voice might be all over the place whatever and he really talked me through it and we agreed that no 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 larry's voice gets higher because he's lying mm-hmm. um in the real world he's he feels he's okay but now behind bars the facade has sort of thickened with the plot and he uh you know when he's talking about when he's cleaning up the cafeteria and talking to uh terrence's character jimmy keen about Um, Remember candy stores and these pretty cheerleaders and the, uh, the ice chests in the, in the windows. Like it's really just him imagining the 1950s.
3: Yeah. Yeah. It's
2: everything he's saying sounds way more like leave it to beaver Mm -hmm. uh, Andy Griffith show than it does reality in the 1980s or nineties, which Mm -hmm. is when he grew up. So, you know, there, there's such, sort of uh needless and lazy lying going on at at any point in any episode that we decided like let's let it get high. And then when I say something really odious or disgusting uh like when I say how old was your youngest person you've been with mm-hmm. and he says you you first and then I say to him like you first. I have one where I drop my voice all the way and I go you first. And it sounds nothing like Larry cuz that's the real evil kind of hiding yeah. yeah tonality and i've been masking it with this mickey mouse voice you know
0: wow that's very cool i did yeah. i did kind of notice mm-hmm. that because i re-watched the whole show um a couple weeks ago like for our sort of wrap-up yeah. episode and it was like it yeah. did kind of like mm-hmm. start not you know not as high-pitched yeah that's very cool yeah
2: Amazing. i had some help from dennis lahane on that one <laughs> justifying the
0: chains and then it made
2: total sense to us and we mm-hmm. loved it
0: yeah, absolutely. It really fits. Um, I did hear that the voice has been banned in your household by uh, <laughs> by your wife. <laughs> uh, yeah, I think I
2: think uh, I think Larry's done. I don't think he gets to show up in the house anymore vocally. Um, <laughs> it's probably good. Also, yeah. I had I had done an audition to play Truman Capote for a TV show recently. So at one point I was switching between the Truman Capote voice <laughs> and the Larry <laughs> Hall voice. And I think my wife was ready to pack a bag and leave. Out.
3: <laughs> no oh, more voices.
2: Nope.
0: She's like, play a fictional character that just uses your own voice. Maybe yeah. for once. <laughs> no, no, totally. Totally. I
3: mean, a
1: menace when I walk into offices, uh, especially over at my publishers, at random man. Everybody takes everything on their desk and shoves it under because I pick up letters like this and I read them. Also, I have this great talent for reading upside down.
2: Could you just, would you mind leaving, your energy makes me feel itchy?
0: Um, have people been doing any like impressions at you of this voice? It seems like this voice is just ripe for like parody or like making fun of in some ways. Do people ever do it at you or have you noticed that?
2: Yeah, a couple people, especially if they've <laughs> had something to drink and we're at a party or something, and they're like, Hey, you gotta hear my you gotta hear my wife do the voice and then they'll pull me over. <laughs> um Yeah, no, it's I mean it's a very It's a very crazy voice for some reason. For some reason, it seems that voice is is sort of what people are most impressed with. Like, how do you act while doing the voice? But in a way, it's almost less impressive because when you when you do a character voice, it makes it easier to act. Mm -hmm. You don't even feel like yourself as much. Right. And it's almost as if you're kind of hiding in the voice. I did that with Cruella when I did the Cockney mm-hmm. British accent in Cruella It was, it made everything way easier actually, once you get it down.
0: It's interesting. Cool. Yeah, that is interesting. Kind
2: of hermit I deal with, they don't wait for an invitation. What they do is they get in, they buy posh people who then froth at the mouth, their eyes spin the back of their heads, and then the posh people die kind of like eating in a scene a lot of actors love eating uh in (laughs) scenes because it's like you're you're doing something that kind of takes the focus off the fact that you have to act yeah that busy work actually becomes Mm -hmm. helpful weird way
1: kind of take Mm -hmm. yourself out of it
2: yeah yeah a good way
1: speaking of eating um larry's mannerisms um at one point, he's eating bread. We have to talk about the bread. And I don't know if this was a char- a character choice or if it was just by chance. You were eating it out of the middle. Yeah, that was, was <laughs> a
2: weird thing I improvised that I thought was- It was so good. Funny or interesting. Um, it's, you know what it is? It's me doing that is like a little kid who says they need the crust cut off of their sandwich, right? Mm-hmm the path of least resistance. He's just going to take a bite out of the middle of the bread, his favorite part, (laughs) and then stick his finger through and play with it. It's very
1: childlike. (laughs) Yeah.
2: It's very childlike. And it's also weirdly selfish. It's saying, I'm going to take out my favorite piece of this thing. Mm
1: -hmm.
3: And then
2: the rest of it, I'm just going to kind of play with and throw away. Yeah. You know, it's, it's, it doesn't, I'm not doing anything monumental, and yet it speaks to the character in a really mm-hmm. interesting way, Completely. right?
0: Yeah, there was it, this tweet that I saw where someone was like, uh, "Of course he did it." Did you see the way he eats bread? That is serial killer one-on-one. Yeah.
2: <laughs> I saw that yeah. tweet. That's hilarious.
0: Yeah, <laughs> but yeah, just uh, there's a lot of Larry isms that kind of are. I don't know, really sold the character like the bread thing was big and then mm-hmm. like there was this part in uh, I think episode what is it, episode two where he like he's reading the waiver of rights, right? And he's like, Can I read this first? And he takes the pen and he just like holds it under his nose and he's like just kind of it's there's just a lot of Yeah, just a
2: little disturbing stuff like like um holding the pen under my nose and smelling it or babe you can come in if you need to. Uh <laughs> Holding, you want to come say hi? No, you don't want to say hi. <laughs> this is my wife, Amy. Say hi. Hi.
0: hi. <laughs> Y'all doing well? Yeah. Yes. Oh, yeah. How are you? Good. Good. Like <laughs> on
3: Instagram.
0: Oh, um, thank you.
2: <laughs> we appreciate thanks. the support. Yeah. Uh, thank you. <laughs> no, yeah. I think, uh, I think that the the pen under the nose is, you know, once again, childlike. You're, you're mm-hmm. just kind of sniffing something. The fact that I crush the little paper cup after mm-hmm. I drink the water. Like, it's just a lot of... It's a lot of, like, childlike reactionary stuff. And, and mm-hmm. sort of doing things that are attention-grabbing without thinking... Uh, without the character being aware of them. The lack of the lack of awareness is there, mm-hmm. but then also sometimes he's doing that as if he does, isn't aware, but he actually is fully aware of what he's doing.
3: Absolutely. Mm-hmm.
2: You know, and that's kind of the way deceptive people are. You, you kind of, you don't always know what team they're playing for uh, based on how they're acting.
0: Yeah. Yeah. That's definitely. Yeah. A big part of Larry's character is like, he, he knows a lot more than he's letting on. Mm-hmm. He's smarter yes. than people think he is. Yeah. And yeah. he kind of is putting on, uh, yeah, putting on a facade that he's uh, sort of clueless or childlike in some ways. Yeah, yeah. that comes across yeah. for sure.
2: And and I think a lot of people try to do that, um, that sort of, oh, what are you talking about, deflective thing. And it's like many people are fully aware of the sort of evil or even just like self-absorbed things they do. Um, Mm -hmm. and, and I think there's a lot of gaslighting with Larry. Yeah. It's like, it's like you, you try to convince the other person that they're, that they're the crazy one or something. Mm -hmm. I love, I love how information spills out at certain points. Like when he gives that big speech about when he gives that big speech about like, it's normal to marry a 14 year old. That's what they did in the civil war. It's like, Dude, you just, (laughs) you don't even need to tell us that you committed those crimes. We know now because Mm -hmm. your ideology matches up with the same, uh, brokenness and, and evil and ferocity of, of those crimes.
0: Yeah, completely. Yeah. And it's, yeah, he's like trying to justify it and how it's like, no, this is actually fine that I do this because it was normal in the 1800s. So Mm -hmm.
2: And what a great parallel for our modern times of, yeah, well, this was fine in the 1950s. And it's like, are you an idiot? Like we had <laughs> drinking fountains for ethnicities mm-hmm. in the fifties. So don't tell me you wanted to, it was fine because it was 70 years ago.
1: Like, right. Yeah. That's, exactly. That's,
2: the stuff people say, it's just so psychotic. Yeah.
1: Yeah. 100%. Yeah. Um. Like that's sp- the uh, scene specifically um, that one, and then when you guys are cleaning, when Larry is kind of overly confident, um, mm-hmm. th- like those moments, I, I thought were really interesting because other times he's very meek and kind of always looks down and kind of shy, but in those moments his confidence soars and yeah. his voice changes and he's you know leading things, and I thought that was really the difference of the two was really well done
2: thanks yeah the um yeah that there's something so scary about that confidence i i mm-hmm. got to play that in Itania also where mm-hmm. yeah. the character sean he's so confident while doing or being so wrong incorrect um i am a professional bodyguard and an international counterterrorism expert i I work around the world for espionage agencies.
1: But, Sean, you don't. But I do. But, Sean, we checked, and you don't. But I do. But you don't. But
2: I do. uh, I've actually been quoted as an expert uh, in terrorism trends and profiles. And, uh, you know, there, there are people on Twitter and online who have said, paul hauser should play donald trump and it's like i think they're saying things like that because they know that i know how to play these broken men who feel Mm -hmm. that they're in the right uh Mm -hmm. to some degree i've been that guy not not to the extent of these people where i'm you know fostering fostering hit jobs on figure skaters or (laughs) trying to drag the country into a a a uh, fecal pool, but, um, yeah, but, uh, but, you know, men are broken. Men do mm-hmm. have a brokenness of, uh, a misinterpreting healthy masculinity or believing that things are the way they are for a reason mm-hmm. or, um, thinking they're right in their own eyes without ever having to research their own soul or research something intellectually. You know, these are, yeah. these are just innate traits based on our, our, sort of shattered history of behaviors that Mm -hmm. becomes you know systemic so so playing these characters is really it's fun for me because sometimes it can be comedic or quirky and obviously I get a kick out of that it's no different than adding flavor to a flavorless meal you know I'm Mm -hmm. like you hire me I'm gonna bring some garlic (laughs) and some paprika we're gonna throw some (laughs) nutmeg in there that you're not gonna know what it is when you take a bite (laughs) <laughs> like I, I like that stuff, but mm-hmm. at the core of it, I just think I have a cognizance for these broken men who who mm-hmm. are somehow marching when they should be crawling.
0: Yeah, yeah. So is is that something that you like? You'd like to do more of, as far as like, because I, you know, you've done a lot of real people. Mm-hmm. Um, especially lately with, I mean, uh, Richard Jewell, which was another amazing movie. <laughs> nice. Is that something that you're really drawn to? Or is there like other sort of, I guess, which would, which do you prefer?
2: I I think I prefer to play quirky, interesting people. But the reason I say Theodore Roosevelt and Mick Foley, the wrestler who portrayed himself as this guy named mankind, who was like a monster with a mask, like, these guys are not bad people. They're just once again, broken men who make like, um, crazy decisions. Mm -hmm. So I would love to kind of pivot from like all the evil icky guys getting arrested to like broken leaders or broken people of status, Mm -hmm. um, like a celebrity wrestler or like a former president. I would be really interested in doing that. But at the end of the day, it's like, I don't have a million offers. I'm picking and choose choosing only to a certain extent. So uh you gotta see what they bring you. And I, I get yeah. brought a lot of icky stuff and uh a lot of dumb characters. Mm-hmm. But um mm-hmm. but if they're written really well and it's like the writing in Itania or the writing in Richard Jewell, like I'm happy to I'm happy to play certain people, yeah. even if they are silly or odious.
0: Well, I hope that Blackbird kind of That's changes that say. a little bit for you and and gets you more variety of offers and stuff. Because I mean, it's it's amazing your performance mm-hmm. in this show is is oh, wild and great and uh, so hopefully that kind of uh, it puts more people on your radar or puts you on more people's radar. Yeah, absolutely. as far as getting more stuff like that.
1: With um, this being such a heavy and dark and sometimes gruesome scenes, how did you lighten the mood? Like after cut was yelled. Like what kind of things did you guys do to kind of keep the mood better? So you weren't stuck in that darkness?
2: No, totally. Uh, I love making Taryn laugh. He's got this great, <laughs> great laugh that takes over his whole body. Sometimes, <laughs> uh, I just let nothing makes me happier than making people laugh.
3: Mm-hmm. Like
2: there just isn't, there is nothing since the time I was born. There's nothing I would rather do then try to find ways to bring laughter to other people. There just isn't the -hmm. whole me trying to do drama thing. That's just my ego trying to win an Academy award or an (laughs) Emmy or whatever. Like (laughs) I like it and I I'm certainly proficient at it, but like my real love is making people laugh. So between takes I would, I would constantly try to sing Muppet Christmas Carol with (sighs) Taryn or
1: walk up to him
2: and, and like, I'd walk up to him and pull on his shirt and he'd turn around and I'd go, Hey, Taryn, can you, can you sing Candle in the Wind? <laughs> just like, I would just do dumb stuff to try to make him laugh or, or steal mm-hmm. his attention. Uh It's almost like a, a hetero version of flirting where I'm going up to <laughs> men like him and, and Greg Kinnear. And I'm just like, I'm trying to get them to laugh. That's my, you know, satiation. <laughs> So we did a lot of that and off set, we'd go out and grab drinks and go see a movie in the theater and talk about our dreams of like what we hope to do in our profession someday, who we want to work with. There's a lot of that dreamy, just fun chatter between two actors. And and we definitely tried to keep it light when we could. Some days you just can't. Some days you got to keep your head down, do the work. Go home and try to sleep. And then the next day, when you see each other at the gym, kind of unload on each other and vent about how hard the day was, you know?
0: Yeah, I bet. I guess that the one scene that I would want to bring up that is like a darker scene is the scene between you and Taryn in that wood shop. We, we talked to Natalie Kingston a little bit, but she wasn't, we talked to her for our episode four episode. And so it, we did, she she alluded to the fact that there was a big scene coming up. That was her favorite scene to shoot and everything, but we didn't yeah. get uh, to actually talk a lot about it with her. So maybe can you talk about like how that day went for you guys and um, just the are, process there?
2: Yeah. Are you talking about episode five?
0: Episode yes. five. Yeah.
2: Yeah. So that was directed by Joe Chappelle And Joe was uh, really good about giving us as many takes as we needed to really try to get the performance. Um, At one point they were just doing kind of back and forth shots, like the ones where they'll go to Taryn's right side and then shoot me. Then they'll go to my right or left side and shoot Taryn, you know, and Mm -hmm. those are kind of your normal close-ups. but then they got the idea for that one or, where they stay on the camera in one shot and they start pushing in slowly and then it turns at the end and lands on me. Right. That was a pretty, it's like a simple shot, but it's also ambitious because you have to time it out perfectly. And the hope is that the camera as it moves, it's not taking attention away from what's being said or done on screen.
3: Mm -hmm. So it
2: is kind of a tricky thing. And I don't know how many we did of those at least two or three. And, uh, and I remember the one they used, I remember it finishing and everybody afterwards being like, yo, you, you nailed it. We timed it out. Thank you for hitting that. Um, and Taryn, I just remember his just such a beautiful performance, how he's trying to balance his anger, fear, disgust, uh, uh, incoming thoughts amidst listening to my character while Mm -hmm. whilst trying to you know act supportive to me as if he signs off on the on that kind of behavior Mm
1: -hmm. yeah 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 it was interesting to watch his eyes tell the story too oh so good
2: best acting anytime Mm -hmm. an actor acts with their eyes i think taryn does it brilliantly yeah i i certainly tried to do it i think I think another guy who does it really well is uh, Brian Cranston in Breaking Bad. Yeah. Because he has all this secrecy and he has to still show up for his regular life stuff. Mm-hmm. And uh, and watching his eyes in that show was so inspiring to me as an up-and-coming actor to say, well, why do his eyes look so present and thoughtful all the time to every single nook and cranny? Well, that's because he's so in the moment and he's doing the th- the homework of the mind where you have to be thinking and listening Mm -hmm. just doing that elicits a great performance Mm -hmm. you know just just knowing your character and then listening and letting the eyes do what the eyes do when you're listening i mean that's Mm -hmm. that's a pretty brilliant simple technique that more actors probably should employ
1: yeah Mm -hmm. i agree you can tell a lot about an actor by their eyes and how good they are I, i think i always say that and I think I've mentioned it multiple times in our podcast that both you and Taryn act with your eyes, and oh, I've, cool. I've noticed that in every episode.
2: Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, the, the speech at the end where I start talking about the young woman crying out for her mother—that was mm-hmm. my least favorite. There were there were maybe three or four moments I really hated doing, but that was far and away the worst of them because, uh, because that has happened and in that case assumedly probably did happen And yeah and yeah. I, you just feel so so bad you know mm-hmm. Uh and it's so tough having to say it with conviction when you're playing that guy it's not you know it's similar to when I did Black Klansman for Spike Lee there were days mm-hmm. where me and Adam Driver and Ryan Eggold and Jasper Pakinen were walking around saying the n-word it's like that sucks Mm -hmm. and it's not fun to do but you do it to serve the story and and you're lucky to have the support of people like spike you know employing you to take on those characteristics
0: yeah 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 (laughs) that's another great one yeah i'm a a big fan paul (laughs) yeah
2: (laughs) lucky i've done some cool stuff
1: yeah yeah definitely my dad is a huge fan as well. He, uh, I think he was more excited when I told him that we were going to interview you because he started listing all of these movies, Richard Jules, one of his favorites. So, That's my dad cool. is a huge fan. What's,
2: what's your dad's name, Steve? Yo, Steve, thank you for watching, dude. Your daughter's crushing this interview.
1: <laughs> Give me good oh. daughter points.
0: Thank you. <laughs> nice. He'll make that his ringtone or something. Yeah. <laughs> he probably will. <laughs> <coughs> Sorry. I'm just like, I'm getting, I had COVID last week. And so I'm, oh, no. I'm feeling Are okay now, up? but I still have the gross voice. Yeah. Cough. Uh,
2: do you have your sense of uh taste and smell? I hope.
0: Yeah, no, I never lost my sense of taste or anything like that. It just mostly felt like kind of a, an annoying cold. And like the yeah. fatigue was the worst part of it. i I'm still just constantly mm-hmm. overly tired. I thought I was always tired before. No, like I come That's home from work tire. and take like a two hour nap every day. Now it's, mm-hmm. ugh.
2: I thought I was, I used to think I was so busy and so tired and so stressed. And then I, I got married and had a kid <laughs> and, uh, and have had these life events. And I'm just like, I I didn't know what stress was. Yeah. Right. <laughs> like, Oh what was me I only had 4 hours to binge watch TV today. Well, <laughs> I don't know what the hell uh, was had gotten into me but I definitely thought life had been uh, at times difficult but I didn't I didn't even know the meaning of the word you know.
1: It's funny. Yeah. <laughs> it's funny how things change and you're like yeah. wow. I was not prepared. another human here now that you have Yeah. To deal with what's sleep
2: you don't know how immature you are until you have to step up and and be responsible and for other people yeah once you start doing that it's like whoa okay this is accountability let's (laughs) go
0: there um oh i wanted to bring up actually um so you've worked with greg kinnear before blackbird yes So I, one of my, yeah, I, I love the show Unbreakable Kimmy Schmidt and one of the best episodes is the one where it's, uh, it's you and, uh, and Greg Kinnear and you're being represented by, was, I think Zachary Quinto was, the, was your like yeah. agent.
2: Me, Kinnear and Zachary Quinto or Quinto, yeah. I don't know how to say his name, but, uh, <laughs> I love, I, but I left so hard that day i i think i blew a couple takes Kinnear says something about his representation and he goes now i'm uh uh i'm doing a stomp on broadway and then he just starts like banging stuff and saying stomp <laughs> and he goes i'm uh i'm doing the voice of the bread basket in the nom noms movie and like <laughs> I thought I'd swing by and pick you up because I was in the neighborhood with the star of Baby Mama. Greg Kinnear? New friends are best friends. <laughs> <laughs> hey, Trip. Listen, you gotta go with Eli. When I met this guy, I was wasting away on Abe. But he got me off the club drugs, on to talk soup. Next thing you know, I'm playing a basket of roles in the nom nom movies. And next, fingers crossed, I'm going to Broadway. Yeah. Check off Shakespeare stop. You like Stomp? Bang! Hey, stompity stop. Hey! <laughs> <laughs> it's just like there's lines he says so uh sincerely and I just I was dying laughing I so fun. it's such a good I, episode and I bothered like so I pulled him over I said can we get a picture can you talk to me about little miss sunshine tell me about working with jack nicholson like I I, I still to this day have questions I want to ask him I love that guy Yeah he's
0: so yeah. good and I love that he plays himself in that show too it's just uh, it's hilarious <laughs> and then ends up in Cats on Broadway.
2: <laughs> that guy Titus is just one of the greatest characters ever.
0: So good. Yeah, he's yeah, good in so that. Funny. <laughs> also, Ray Liotta was in another episode of that show. It was like, there's a lot of Blackbird connections in Unbreakable Games.
2: <laughs> yeah, Ray, I think Ray was friendly with Tina. I think they did the Muppet movie together. Mm. And I think they did uh, Date Night together.
0: Oh, okay. Yeah. That would have
2: been the connection.
0: Yeah. It's, it's so good. So I had to make sure that I brought that up. Also, my best friend wanted me to say juggalos for life to you while we were on the show. Juggalos for life, bro. Yeah. (laughs) Uh, That
2: was the other night I was at a birthday party and I saw Glenn Howerton for the first time in 12 years.
0: He's bald now. (laughs)
2: Uh, He's, I mean, listen, he is a silver fox. <laughs> uh, but I got to chat with him for like an hour. It was such a blessing. I hadn't seen him in over a decade since we shot the show.
0: Yeah, it's Crazy. always sunny in Philadelphia. <laughs>
2: yeah, great show.
3: It
0: is <laughs> good. Um, so what? I know that you are working on a um, you're working on something right now. What is what is that going to be? Like a, a uh, new project that you're working on?
2: Yeah, that was the after party. I did season two of the after party with, uh sam richardson and ken jong and all these really really funny people uh the, the cast is just huge and i think the show is going to be really really funny um i've been a fan of lord and miller for a long time uh i love their spider-man movie and 21 jump street and last man on earth that they did with will forte oh, i love that show <laughs> <laughs> yeah, those those guys are so good, at, good with comedy and telling heartfelt stories. And and this is no different. They really knocked it out of the park. And I got to, you know, last summer I was playing Larry. This summer I was <laughs> improvising with, you know, John Cho and Anna Conkle and Elizabeth Perkins. And it was just so fun. I, I really, <laughs> really hope people watch it. I think it'll drop January or February.
3: OK, cool. cool.
2: Yeah. Be on our radar. And, uh, as far as movie stuff, I I got this movie I did with Sydney Sweeney called National Anthem, and that'll be out next year. Um, I'm hoping it goes to like Sundance or something. I don't know what it, where it's going to end up, but but uh, really good script, and I got to play like a nice, sweet normal person uh, instead of <laughs> total creepazoids. So that was cool.
1: That's good to go from the craziest you know most disturbed person into a nice person yeah that's that's a good feeling yeah
0: <laughs> right on cool yeah we'll have to look out for those for sure and then what it there's a movie that i keep seeing i haven't looked into it yet but like uh delia's gone is that what it's called that's, yeah what is that yeah. movie it keeps delia's- saying it's out in theaters everywhere it is not out in theaters <laughs> where i am <laughs> Me either.
2: i don't know what theaters it's in but i don't know that it made enough money to Warrant more th- theaters uh, Running it It's it's a, it's a dramatic thriller With me, Marissa Tomei, Stefan James oh, wow. And a few other really good Actors and it, it just You know it's just it's a story About a, a mentally Ill young man who gets framed for His sister's murder and His hunt for The truth when he breaks out of his care facility mm-hmm. uh, So Yeah. I, I, uh, I mean, listen, it's, I'd be lying if I said it was like one of my favorite movies I made, but I looked at it like it was an opportunity to work with Marissa Tomei. Right. Um, Yeah. Yeah. She's great. And, and, and Stefan James, I think is having a cool moment ever since if Beale street could talk and homecoming with Julia Roberts, he's, he's a really terrific actor too. So proud of, of him and his performance and, and uh, yeah, I hope people who watch it enjoy it. That'd be that would be nice. And then I got Cobra, <laughs> the new season of Cobra Kai drops this Friday, so that'll be oh. something to watch out for too.
0: So you are okay. Yeah, that was something that my uh, my mom wanted me to ask you
2: about is Cobra I tried, Kai. I, mean, I tried keeping it a secret for forever, and then I was like, dude, everybody knows my my character had a huge cliffhanger. He's right? Probably- exactly. <laughs> just going to start telling people and I haven't had my wrist slapped yet. So I guess it's okay. <laughs> we,
0: we can keep the secret if you need us to cut this part yeah. out. Nah, <laughs> I don't care. Cause we, cause we've been keeping the secret that we're having you on the show for, you know, a long time now. And, but we've also been telling everyone who we've talked to, <laughs> like we told Cullen Moss and we told uh, Jake, like, Oh, we're going to talk to Paul. So they both send their love by the way. Yes, they do. Oh, I
2: love those guys. Cullen, uh, Cullen's a really, really, uh, really good actor and, and mm-hmm. man, Jake, uh, Jake and I really bonded playing brothers. That was cool.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Well, did, did you guys know that you were brothers already before Blackbird? Cause, of, uh, Kathy yeah, Bates had Kathy played-, Bates
2: played our mom. Yeah, yeah
0: exactly. You're already yeah. already brothers. Yeah. <laughs> it was meant text- to be.
2: I got a text Kathy Bates. I invited her over to meet her, um, meet her fake fake grandchild and uh, my <laughs> wife and um she's been staying at home i think the covid stuff is pretty pretty gnarly and she's probably trying to be careful mm, but she's yeah. really she was so sweet she sent me a box of scholastic books for my Aww. my kid the other day
1: nice,
2: That's nice. i got a in on her But yeah me and jake are kathy's boys yeah <laughs> So is Sandler. So is Phil Hoffman. Yeah, There's a bunch of us. Yeah. yeah, yeah.
0: She's got a lot of a lot of a lot of kids. A lot of good boys. <laughs> <laughs> she's ah, oh, she is fantastic. That's yeah. that's so cute that she sent books for you. Like she's really like, here's my grandchild. Let me <laughs> spoil him.
2: Uh, she's a sweet lady. I miss her. We text once in a while though to check in on each other.
0: Yeah.
1: Oh, good. That's awesome. I love her too. <laughs> yeah. She's awesome she's good in everything she's in yeah she, she is
2: for sure. she's one of those
1: mm-hmm. yeah and like a wide range like she played um in the office and oh, the office. um the titan and titanic single molly brown
2: yeah, yeah everything yeah, she she has great range and she's mm-hmm. she's the kind of person who can play a villain but still be sympathetic you know
0: mm-hmm. yeah for sure um, one more thing that I wanted to bring up, uh, Taryn did this Twitter Q and a a couple of weeks ago and yes. somebody asked him if he would ever do like a Christmas album of like, like Christmas covers. And his answer was that, uh, he probably wouldn't want to do an album, which I think is a complete mm-hmm. mistake. He totally should, of course. But, um, he said he was like, you know, Paul, Raps. And so I think I would do something with Paul where like they would you you two would uh collab on some sort of Christmas, I don't know, hip hop wow. thing. Uh,
1: would I put out a Christmas album of covers? Um Dunno. Not sure. Maybe. know Probably not. You know what I would do? It'd be quite fun because Paul raps. So maybe we could do like a, um, a sort of festive holiday, Christmas, crooning, hip-hop album. Me and Paul. How do you feel about that? Eh? Could be good.
0: So how do you feel about that? Would that be something you'd be into with Terry? I,
2: I had not heard of this, but... <laughs> it's I'll uh, send, it's you, I'll send a link. If, if Taryn <laughs> if Taryn is in I'm in Small I think it would be a product.
1: Christmas heat Let's do
2: it. maybe we could maybe we could do a Christmas song together and release it you know in December and have all the money from the downloads go to charity or something that'd be cool I
1: think that's a great idea that would be amazing
2: kind of fun
1: yeah yeah I think you guys
0: would be awesome. It would be a I hit. Think, yeah, I think you guys need to connect on that. That sounds amazing to me.
2: <laughs> um, yeah,
1: I, I like that I'm
2: idea. In. I'm in. He and I yeah. he and I haven't done karaoke together yet, but oh. we talked about it like 30 times. So <laughs> oh, uh, Yeah, we have to figure that out too.
0: Totally.
1: Yeah. <laughs> Do a whole album of karaoke with a Christmas song
0: thrown in. Yeah. No, I think that would be awesome to do some like a hip hop Christmas something. That'd be so fun.
2: I'm in. I'm totally in. Yeah. And if anybody wants to look my music up, if they so dare, uh, (laughs) I go under the name Signet Ringer. And and the album is called Murder for Hire. But Hire is H-I-G-H-E-R instead of H-I-R-E.
0: Okay. I
2: quit the murmuring Doctored and burying Hurrying Until I dropped the words Of the servant king Said don't be serving me Liars be swerving me Jolly good You thought the chap Can cap an ass But I'm murdering For hire You
3: are going to be exactly What God wants you to do
0: We'll link that In our show notes too Awesome Like this Yeah Spotify and, and Apple Music Or whatever Yeah we'll do that That's awesome Um, Is there anything else That you want to say To to our listeners, to Blackbird Watchers.
2: You know, whoever watched the show, thank you. We worked really hard on it. Um, we're grateful that that Larry Hall's behind bars for life. And um and we hope that it, it you know adds to the true crime craze that people can dissect why people do do what they do. And uh, the importance of things like journalism and law enforcement, you know, people, journalists and, and police and all these people, they're they are under a microscope, which they should be because they have to be held to a higher standard. There's an accountability mm-hmm. that, that is deserved of the American people and the taxpayers and the people that buy those magazines or subscriptions or uh, fund these places, but the same time these are these are really important pillars of our communities and in our world and and it's nice to see them do their job in this show you know
0: yeah, yeah for sure um one of the people that we actually got to talk to early on we talked to Hillel levin who was the the co-author of the book and uh, it was really interesting to get his perspective mm-hmm. on on the whole like you know true crime and uh and coming at it from a journalistic standpoint mm-hmm. um it was really
1: interesting cool.
2: Whatever. I doubt Hillel did any of the work. It was probably just Jimmy McKeen Jimmy did all the work. Levin was probably just there to get a paycheck, right?
1: <laughs> that's how it works. <laughs> yeah. He typed it.
2: That's the, that's the story. on
0: Yeah. Uh, but this, I mean, this has been awesome talking to you. It's been amazing. Has, like just super highlight of uh, this whole podcast for sure. We really appreciate you coming on and, and, uh,
1: and you were out and, a, um, a dream wish gifts. Yeah,
0: for sure. And all of your publicist wow. people have been super nice so and nice. Um, accommodating and oh, so, yeah, you have great. a good team I of just, people. Yeah.
2: This was fun. Thank you for having me. Thanks for supporting the show the way you have. And for those listening, I did not know these young women. <laughs> I just saw their tenacity and I saw what they were doing and, and I said, let's, let's do this. So, uh, for those listening, sometimes you do the work. And if you're nice, uh, good things happen.
0: <laughs> That's, thank, thank you. you. That it means, means a oh, lot. Thank you so much, Paul. You're awesome.